Good Tuesday afternoon. Welcome to Sports Lounge Live. We are here with you on this Tuesday afternoon, November 7th. It is election day in some places, not a lot, but some. So obviously, if it is in your uh, place of where you are, go out and do your civic duty. Uh, but it is November 7th, and this is show number 268, correct, Chris? Yes. 268. And we have some big topics today, this, uh, some big baseball stuff, some big football stuff. But I'll bet, uh, Chris, there are also other things to do as well. There are. So, there but are. I'll, okay. I'll, bet well, th- I'll bet that'll be probably 50, 55 minutes of things. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I agree. Okay. The first thing is NASCAR because we did finish the season. We've got to let people know what happened on that. Then I'm just going to sneak in the NBA thing because it's only going to take a minute. We've got two little items in the NBA and we can do that. Then we were off into the NFL, of course baseball, college football, and then uh, the death of Bobby Knight. And we want to talk about that. And uh, that's very important, too. So one of the all-time coaches. Ryan Blaney won the championship. Uh, First Ohio person to ever win it. And uh, he's the second in a row for Roger Penske's team and the fourth overall for that team. And he beat out Kyle... uh, Kyle Larson, who came in second and uh, for the final four, and Blaney won two of the last six uh, playoff races. So, and uh, and actually, uh, um, Ross Chastain actually won the race, but it, it was between those four drivers for the championship. The two NBA things, very quickly. Robert Williams is hurt again. Robert Williams, remember the Celtics uh, had him for many for the three or four years in his career, and he's been hurt off and on. Well, he got hurt again. He blew out his knee. He's going to be out indefinitely. We don't know how long. Uh, luckily, we've our guy Porzingis is still playing, but you know how long is that going to last? He's been hurt in the past too, and we also had the announcement that the NBA All Star Game uh, next year is going to be at uh, Golden State, and uh, so that's good. Uh, do we know where it is this year, twenty three, twenty four? It's in Indiana. Uh, yeah, that's right. Where? Indiana. Indianapolis. Indiana. Oh, there you go. Well, Bill, Bill can go if he wants to come yeah. up and freeze at that time. By, by the way, Chris, just just one second. Rick, you are in and you are unmuted. So just so you know, you are unmuted. Okay. All right. Here he is. All right. Well, we start the NFL uh, scores with Pittsburgh beating Tennessee 20 to 16. Interception. Uh, the <clears throat> Tennessee had the ball at the end of the game down at the Steelers 11 yard line. And Will Levis played pretty good game, but the Steelers were able to hang on and uh, and get the win. Yeah, I thought yeah. Levis looked pretty good for a, for a second stand. And it, but this this Mike Tomlin, he's amazing. He, he doesn't have a whole lot yeah. of talent with that team, and he wins every year. Yeah, he does. He does. Okay, then Kansas City beat Miami 21-14. to 14. Miami was down uh, in uh, scoring territory, too, but then they had a like a, sort of a fumble strip sack at the end of the game, and uh, they had been behind 21 nothing. They got it going in the second half, and, the, you know, the Chiefs, that's what Miami's doing right now. The teams that they've beaten have a pretty poor record, but, I mean, they're playing okay against the good teams, but they haven't figured out how to beat any of them yet. Yeah, yeah. they've beaten bad teams but can't beat the winning. Nope. And that Kansas City defense looks better every week. It does. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And you wasn't there. No, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, and you could tell the way Kelsey put <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Minnesota beat Atlanta 31-28, to and this was amazing. Atlanta led most of the time. And Josh Dobbs came in, and he was not playing. He was supposed to play. It was uh, who was the guy that uh, they started there? Uh, Jaron Hall. Uh, Hall. Yeah, Jaron Hall. Hall. And he started. He got knocked out of the game. So in came Josh Dobbs, who they acquired on Tuesday, a la uh, uh, Mayfield last year, Baker Mayfield for the Rams. He came in. He threw two touchdowns. He ran uh, threw for 158 yards, and he ran for. 66 yards and another touchdown and they came from behind and beat the Falcons. And they scored that touchdown. Hold on. And they scored that touchdown, Chris, with not much time, like 15, 20 seconds no. to go. So, I mean, that was, that was the Vikings team from last year that kind of showed up, you know, the one that yeah. close game coming back. Okay. Well, Sean, you actually wanted to get in. You wanted to get in, Sean? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say he, this is his third Dobbs is third team this year too because he went to Arizona, he was at Pittsburgh and he went over to Arizona for the beginning of, you know around training camp I think or sometime and so and then now Minnesota like I said he they put him in front of the playbook for like I mean they said you're probably going in and I mean that doesn't happen yeah no. he didn't know some of the teammates names that he was playing with and it's, <laughs> no and he he almost did the same thing in Arizona he got traded there just before the seed started and yeah he's a tough kid yeah yeah I guess so well and, they uh, may Cam Cam is tore another actually not the same Achilles tendon the other one oh wow uh, so so his his career.
career is probably over. But. No, you know, and the thing is with the Vikings, I mean, they're they're in contending position here. They won, uh, they were zero and three, I think they were now, and they're five and four. The thing is that uh, they may have solved. You know, I mean, hey, it's early; it's only one half a game. But I mean, this whole Kurt Cousins thing has just led them to a certain level, and you know, you don't know. You got a young guy. Let's see what he can do. Well, and they yeah, may feel, be, they may feel yeah. too. You know, we need to start winning games for our fallen comrade. That's sometimes the way teams do it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they actually in pregame warm up, all the the team whole team showed up on the field with Kirk Cousins shirts on. Oh, good good for them. Cleveland beat Arizona twenty seven to nothing. They were saying, uh, continuing to say on NFL Drive on Sirius XM that this was a nice way for uh, Watson to come back. You know, the, the soft landing spot, as they put it. <laughs> it's the first Cleveland shutout since uh, September uh, December sixteenth of two thousand seven. And very dominant. And Chris, we were correct when we were talking on Sunday. That was Paul Keels of Ohio State doing the Cleveland Browns game. I thought so. Yep. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that means Jim Donovan won't be back and they wanted to make a more permanent uh, thing that where, where people, the other guy did pretty well, Andrew Siciliano or whoever he was. Siciliano. Siciliano. He did a good job, I thought. But Paul Kills has been around and everybody's familiar with him in Ohio. And he's got sure. that voice. He's, he's just got that voice, you know. The voice you hear oh, yeah. Him, yeah, you know who it is. <laughs> well, Green Bay beat the Rams, Perry, 20 to 3. And uh, it was uh, Rippian played, Brett Rippian played. And uh, now they've gone out and gotten Carson Wentz. That's how desperate they uh, are. Chase, that'll get the job done. <laughs> But uh, um, for the Packers, I didn't think Jordan Love was great, but he wasn't awful either. But um, you're starting to hear rumblings now with even the Packers brass. Well, maybe this guy isn't the answer. So, oh, boy, we'll see. Well, yeah, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. I mean, they, they built him to the skies last year and, you know, we can get along without Rodgers. And well, OK. Washington beat the Patriots 24 to 20. This was a game. This was one of the games. And there were a lot of them this weekend where the mediocre team beat the bad team. We only had at one o'clock one winning matchup, which was the Lions and the, I mean, the uh, Seahawks and the, uh, and the Ravens. And, and that you didn't know, go so other, well. No, that didn't go to, we'll get to that. But you know, the thing is the mediocre teams pretty much beat the crummy team. And this is the case. I mean, Washington didn't play great. Washington threw, you know, the, through uh, Sam Howell, through an interception, you know, down at the goal line. I mean, they were struggling, but the Patriots were struggling more with no weapons, uh, no confidence by Matt Jones anymore. I mean, it's just falling, just totally going off the rails here. He had a bad throw, and I think it might have been an interception, and they pulled it right away on the Sunday drive. Bill Lecka says, I kind of wish we'd have left it there. He said, Scott Zolak is the entertainment these days. He said, I kind of wanted to hear what he says. <laughs> oh, man. One, the one last week, not this week, but the week before, that was a dog of a throw, whatever. It was about a 10-second wrap on that. Yeah, Scott Zolak is very entertaining, and he tells it like it is. That is for sure. Anyway, and then again, another better team beating the bad team. New Orleans beat uh, well, uh, beat uh, the Bears twenty-four to seventeen. And uh, you know, it's one of those things where Rick's in a knockout pool and he's still alive. Yay, Rick! They um, just let they sure. just let the Bears hang around. Is what they, what New yeah. Orleans yeah. did though. Yeah, it was scaring Rick to death. I'm sure. You know, <laughs> you think about scaring yeah, Rick to death. How about how about Pierre? I bet it was really scared him. Oh man. Yeah, that's right. But the Saints are in first place. That's what yep. they're doing. And, and Taysom and, Hill became only the fifth player in the history of the league to rush for 10 touchdowns, throw 10 touchdown passes, and catch 10 touchdown passes. Wow, that's amazing. And then the team that nobody, everybody's talking about the Eagles. Everybody's talking about the, well, the you know, the Cowboys, the 49ers, the, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Bengals. Baltimore is still rolling, beating. Yeah. They've now won three in a row. They beat, they killed Seattle 37-3. to And again, it's the old 1 o'clock window for the West Coast team having to start their game at 1 o'clock Eastern time. That's part of it. But, boy, that that's amazing, the way they've been clobbering the Lions and the Seahawks. And then, you know, the, the 49ers were off, but the other three teams in the NFC West Sunday got outscored 84 to 6. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, here's the game of the day, and Sean is going to want to talk about this. Houston beat Tampa Bay 39-37 with uh, uh, Tank Dell catching a touchdown with less than a minute to go to win the game. And uh, Derek Uwali uh, or something like that. Well, yeah. Uguali was kicking. He actually kicked a little field goal, though, to help yep. the team because they had to go for two all the time. It, it was cra crazy, Sean. And they had to go oh, for yeah. two. Because, I mean, they had to go for two, Sean, just so people know, because uh, Fair Baron, their kicker, was injured. That's yeah. why they had to go for two. That's right. Yeah. And go ahead, Sean. You know, he, uh, 
like I said, CJ Stroud has really stepped up. He's really, I mean, he is proving that he probably should have been the overall number one pick. I mean, he's, you will get to Bryce Young in a minute. I mean, but I mean, Stroud, Stroud has really come on. I mean, Houston, yeah, it was Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's not great, but you know, I mean, hey, it was, you know, there, I mean, last year, that we did, Houston would have taken a game like this anytime, a win like this, you know, over over anybody with the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But they, I think they've got the right quarterback for their system. Any receiver named Tank, you know, is yep. a, 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 oh, a yeah. side track in my heart. Yeah, you know, exactly. Cool. And, cool and by the way, we try to do this each week when the good games are, are on the NFL Network. That particular game, the Texans game, is going to be on tomorrow afternoon at 3 Eastern time. And then the Vikings game will be on tomorrow night at 1 a.m. Eastern time. Okay. Well, again, the, the sort of crummy middle-of-the-road team beat the crummy team, and Indianapolis went in and really had no trouble with Carolina, 27-13, never really in doubt. And, uh, you know, they again, you know, Bryce Young doesn't have much around him. He's got the running backs. The one time when they got the ball and it was like 20-3, to 3, they ran it and got pretty far down the field. They've, they've got a running game, but they don't have much else going. Yeah, I think there was two big sessions to Kenny Moore. Yeah, yeah, he made Kenny Moore lots of money uh, on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well the Raiders beat the Giants thirty to six, and uh, of course Mac, uh, Matt Jones. I want to always want to do this. Uh, Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones. We got too many two Joneses here. Uh, Daniel Jones got knocked out for the year with a, a torn a, a knee problem, and uh, yeah. so that's I don't know. Are they even ready? Is um, Taylor coming back? Is he anywhere back? Oh no, he's. He's on IR, so he's gone for at least another three weeks. So yeah. it's going to be Tommy, Tom Terrific, huh? No, no, they, they are trying they to bring in Matt Barkley. Oh, I, that's what? what I thought they were going to do, Rick. Go ahead. They are, they've already done it. Matt Barkley's with the team now. How fast he can get ready or whether yeah. they prefer yep. him or DeVito, who knows. But it's it, it's tank time for the draft pick. Yes, it is. <laughs> the Patriots and Giants are in a race. And, uh, you know, 30 to 6, and I was uh, telling Perry earlier, I basically, I was I was going to pay attention to both of those games because, you know, the Raiders game was going to be interesting. Thought it would be close, you know, with the two teams, with the Raiders and the new coach. But uh, we'll get Robert's uh, thoughts in a minute. But, you know, the um, after that, I said, yeah, it's all, all Cowboys and Eagles for me. That's, uh, <laughs> that's all I'm going to do. Robert, what did you think of your side of things? Well, um, I, I didn't get to see it. Uh, our local Fox affiliate showed the Cowboys Eagles, so I put Jason Horowitz on it. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this because the Giants are so terrible. Sorry, Rick. My condolences right. to you. No, I agree. Um, you know, but um, hey, we. As far as I'm concerned, we did what we were supposed to do. Um, you know, it felt better for the team. Josh Jacobs finally had a good game. Yep. Uh, it looks like Aiden O'Connell will uh, do the rest of the season. And, uh, in the Chargers game, he didn't do too bad, but he didn't get any help. This in this game, he was more like a game manager, but he didn't have to be heroic. He uh, was 16 of 25 for 209 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, didn't make any mistakes, didn't turn the ball over, ran the game the way it's supposed to be ran, and you know. But I don't know how to really feel about it because we beat such a bad team. Uh, the question but, I guess I have, Robert, is. Do they, from what you hear on the, on the, you know, with listening to Raiders talk and all this, do they figure, okay, this is a guy we really want to, you know, hitch our wagon to. Garoppolo was a mistake. It was a Josh McDaniel mistake. We're moving on. We know, obviously, that Hoyer is old. Or do we have to go into the draft and get somebody else? Or are they just not sure and they want to give it a chance? Um, I think this is just my I think Mark Davis is going to give Antonio Pierce and Champ Kelly, the two people that have the jobs now, time to actually do their to do the job and see if they can do it and i think o'connell will have eight and nine games now because his first game was sunday he'll have nine games to to uh, prove whether he's able to be a full-time starter or not and we'll go from there and i think uh, garoppolo will be a uh, post june 1st release um and uh, you know I think we'll just go on from there. Um, this is going to cost Mark Davis, by the way, eighty-five million dollars. Wow. That's how much he owes jo- between Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. That's how much uh, he's going to pay those guys over the next uh, four seasons. Eighty-five million dollars for letting them go. So, go ahead, go ahead, go. Sean. Go ahead, Sean. 
Okay, I, I had a question for you, Robert, on this. Now, I heard a, something, a funny, uh, interesting story, speaking of Antonio Pierce and uh, jo- the Josh McDaniel thing. And this kind of goes in, I guess, and, and this is not related to this game, but when Antonio Pierce, when McDaniel was the head coach, he had he wanted Pierce to come in and talk about you know upsets and you know when he played and everything and talked about you know to motivate and do something and so Pierce was giving a motivational speech and he talked about their victory against the Patriots and apparently McDaniel's was not happy with Pierce was like what <laughs> there was like a whole scuffle that he would because he brought up the Patriot game and I mean it was like a serious thing and that's supposedly why I think one of the reasons why Pierce ended up getting in as the head coach, besides the fact that he would say he would bench Garofalo. So I had heard that this morning. I don't know if that was true. If you heard that that, story. That is, that is a true story. And remember Antonio Pierce, uh, wasn't he the middle linebacker, Rick, on that Giants team? Yeah, tw- uh, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Super Bowl Forty Two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. so you know, yeah. he constantly talks about how much fun it was to beat the Patriots, how he's <laughs> going to go down in history, being part of the team that knocked off the undefeated Patriots. He's very proud of that. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I heard that. I so, thought that. I thought that was a funny story. Yeah. 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 So, okay, Robert, well, you think if um if uh if Pierce does a decent job here, you think Mark Davis has, has um learned his lesson after that Rich Versace? We should have kept him, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, and remember, uh, these two guys, even though they're both black, and I have to mention that because, you know, we have a lot of blind people out of here that wouldn't know, uh, even though they're both black, uh, the Raiders still have to follow the Rooney rule after the right. season. So yep. even though if they do a good job and it looks like they could keep their job, they're going to uh, they're going to have to go through the interview process because the Raiders legally have to interview other people. So we'll see what happens. All right. Well, Philadelphia beat Dallas 28-23, and that was good old-fashioned four four o'clock game. That was a good game. That was you know back and forth. The Cowboys led for part of the time, and the Eagles came back. Jalen Hurts was kind of banged up, but he he kept playing. He kept going, and uh, they they need their bye week for him. And maybe like uh, 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 you know the, with the Bengals, you know with Burrow, maybe he'll get healthy because I, I think he needs a rest right now, and they've got the bye week coming up. And the folks are crying down here, of course. As oh, you yeah. hear it all the time, they're, they're not happy. They're not happy. You know, I actually felt sorry for them. I mean, that, that doesn't usually happen for me for the Cowboys, but they came so – I mean, yeah. they, had, they had a touchdown that got called back. It was on the one, you know, one foot line, and then they had the two-point conversion where they thought they had it, and Prescott just yeah. stepped out of bounds, and they were so close. Yeah, and they lost a couple of plays. You should have heard Babe uh, Lothenberg. They lost a couple of plays by not spiking the ball. They could have had a couple of more plays down there than they got, but they only got one or two, and they could have had some They also more. had a bad – delay a game just before yeah, that did. last play. Yeah. yeah. And the Sunday night game, and they did get the, the rematch, and I guess the story in, in the park was uh, DeMar Hamlin being there, of course, and he, he thanked all the all the first responders and all the people in Cincinnati who helped them on January 2nd. But Cincinnati won the game 24-18. Weird final score, same final score that the Bills had the week before when they beat Tampa Bay, 24-18. Yeah. You don't see that very often. But. And that's the first yeah. time the Bengals have won on Sunday night football since 2004. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. And the last game was no contest. It actually was settled, as it turned out, in the first two minutes of the game with a punt return touchdown because the Jets lost to the to the uh, Chargers 27 to six. Both the Jets and the Giants did. And, and the Giants had an excuse with losing Daniel Jones, but they did not, you know, come back from that epic football game strongly. Let's put it that way uh, from the week. Well, they they lost a lot of Jets. Yeah. yeah, but they and I guess there were what about three turnovers and Wilson was sacked six times. But the Chargers—that's the first time they'd beaten a team over 500. Now they're going to get back to playing the regular games and see what they can do. You know, it doesn't mean you know, the Bears and the Jets were not real competition for them, and the Patriots won't be, and some others on their schedule. But now, you know, you you maybe they've learned something. Maybe they can settle down and, and beat some of the good teams, but they're going to have to to get in because it's tough to get in in the AFC. You realize how bad it is in New York right now with the, especially with the <laughs> offenses. It was, it's right now like the Jets have in eight games they have eight offensive touchdowns, and the Giants in nine games have nine offensive touchdowns. <laughs> and and if you think that's yeah. bad, and if you think that's bad, Rick, just wait till we get to baseball later. The Mets fans aren't happy either. No, they're <laughs> no, not. No. Yeah. Okay. So the standings right now, we got uh, the whole AFC lo- East lost, <laughs> and that doesn't happen uh, very often. Often in the whole AFC North won. So anyway, Miami is six and three. Buffalo's five and four. The Jets are four and four. And the Patriots two and seven. AFC North: Baltimore, 
seven and two. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cincinnati are all at five and three. And the of crazy. There's going to be some good teams that aren't going to go to the playoffs this year yep. in the and AFC. And if the season season ended now, that whole division would be in the playoffs. There you go. AFC South: Jacksonville six and two, Houston four and four, the Colts are four and five, Tennessee three and five. In the West, Kansas City seven and two, the Chargers are four and four, the Raiders are four and five, and Denver is three and five. The NFC, which is, I think, as I did my standings, I think like 13 games behind the AFC now yeah, this year than the AFC yeah. year. Uh, Philadelphia is not, it's not their fault. They're 8-1. and one. The, uh, the uh, uh, Dallas is 5-3. and three. Washington, 4-5. and five. The Giants are 2-7 in the, in the north. Detroit, 6-2. and two. Minnesota, 5-4. and four. Green Bay, 3-5. and five. And the Bears are 2-7. and seven. In the South, New Orleans does lead at five and four. Atlanta four and five. Tampa Bay three and five. They haven't won. What were they? Two and zero, oh, and I think they've lost like five out of six or something. Yeah, I think like they were that. three and one. Yeah, maybe they were. Yeah, and uh, and then Carolina one and seven. And in the West, Seattle and San Francisco are tied at five and three. The Rams are three and six, and Arizona is one and eight. So let's and see. And I saw what we got a headline today, week? Chris, that um, you know everybody was kind of panicking a little bit about the 49ers, not inside the. Their organization, there's no panicking with the 49ers. They say they think they're going to be fine. Um, so okay, well they do. That's get, what I heard. Get, you know they do need to get healthy, and uh, they can do that. And uh, the, the buy was a good a good time for them too. So we'll yep. see what they can do. For Thursday night, uh, Al Michaels is not going to be pleased. I don't know where he's going to be. I think he's going to be at Wrigley Field uh, Thursday night. Anyway, he's got Carolina at Chicago, 8.15 p.m. on Amazon Prime. You know, there was, there was Chris, a college football game at Wrigley Field last Saturday. Oh, okay. We will get, we'll yeah, get to that a bit later. All right. Then we have Indianapolis at the Patriots, 9.30 a.m. in Frankfurt, Germany. Oh, the story's going around that maybe if uh, they lose because the Crafts are really into this, uh, you know, these international games, that this is like Robert Kraft Super Bowl, and he might fire Belichick on the long plane ride back. But we'll, I don't know about that. But that's what the, it's bouncing around, but you got to keep talking. Houston, at, now we get to the main part of the day. Houston at Cincinnati, 1 p.m. on CBS. Then we have New Orleans at Minnesota, 1 p.m. on Fox. Green Bay at Pittsburgh, 1 p.m. on CBS. Tennessee at Tampa Bay, 1 p.m. on CBS. San Francisco at Jacksonville, uh, and that's 1 p.m. on Fox. That's probably a good early game. Cleveland at Baltimore. Well, no, that's a better one. Cleveland at Baltimore, 1 p.m. on Fox. CBS didn't get their normal game. Atlanta at Arizona, 4.05 p.m. on CBS. So Fox has a doubleheader. And what a doubleheader. Well, we get, before we get to that, we have Detroit at the Chargers, 4.05 p.m. on CBS. That's fine. Then you get either the Giants and Dallas at 4.25, or you get Washington at Seattle. And that's not terrible, but 4.25 p.m. I imagine more people are going to take that Washington-Seattle game if they have a choice. Uh, I would think so. We won't here. We'll get no, you get you the Giants-Dallas. Yeah, we'll yep. have to double. The uh, NBC did not not opt out of the Sunday night game. Maybe they wish they did now after last night's performance by the Jets. But the Jets are going to play the Raiders at 8.20 p.m. on NBC. And the Monday night game is Denver at Buffalo, 8.15 on ESPN, ABC, oh, ESPN2, and all the ships. ships at and, and by the way, Kyler Murray is supposed to uh, play for the Cardinals this week. So we'll see what happens with that. Okay. Yeah. All right. If you had looked ahead, if you looked ahead at the beginning of the year and gone to this week's schedule and said that Houston, Cincinnati, would be one of your top games. Everybody like laugh at you. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And Jacksonville, so, San Francisco. Well, maybe they might look at that one. So we've kind of talked about it, but just quickly, Josh McDaniels, of course, got fired in the middle of Tuesday night. Boy, it's amazing. You know, I wake up in the morning one day and uh, James Harden is traded. And I wake up in the next morning and Josh McDaniels fired. These people in the West Coast are up and at them at <laughs> night. There, but uh, yeah. Aiden O'Connell, as we said, did play, and the G- GM Dave Sigler was fi- fi- Dave Ziegler was fired. And I, I don't think, I guess people have stopped talking about Harbaugh maybe coming there, right? Uh, no, I think that rumor will continue until the interview process is done. Yeah, and one of the global even, guys. Even with, even with Harbaugh's trouble? Um, yeah, the, I, I, don't, I don't agree with it, Perry, and neither do the writers who actually cover the Raiders, but nationally, uh, you know, that his name is prominently mentioned. So we'll see. Well, the, the thing is, what have the Raiders done traditionally is bring in the bad boys, yeah. you know? That's what they've always done. So now 
So, but the other thing is, if I hope they give these guys a fair sh- shot, you know, and uh, you know, uh, give them a chance. But we'll see. But and in, uh, one and, in, and in Dave Ziegler's defense, I thought he should have been given the opportunity to hire his own coach. But Mark Davis, when he hired these two, basically told them that they were a package deal. So when he got rid of one, he decided to get rid of both. Yeah. And uh, and one of the Globe guys was saying maybe John Gruden, if he drops his lawsuit, could come back. You know, well, I don't know. I, no. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah. That, pra- that train is sales. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, in uh, Okay. Let's see. So the Josh McDaniel saga in, in the Raiders, he was 9-16 and 16 there and Denver 11-17. and 17, So as grand total is 20 and 33 for Josh McDaniel. Lots of and people never... that I have read, lots of uh, things, Chris, that I have heard yep. is that this is probably it for him in coaching or at least well, as a head not... coach. Yeah, maybe yeah. so, at least for a long time. And the thing is he never finished two years. You know, he basically uh, didn't finish two seasons. And we already talked about uh, Daniel Jones being out and what they're going to do about that. Montez Sweat finalizing a four-year for $98 uh, million with, with the Bears. Uh, of course, they just got him from the Commanders. And we, uh, Will Levis is now going to start for Tennessee. And Carson Wentz, as we said, uh, it will now be Perry's problem and not Bill's problem or whoever <laughs> else's problem he's been before. So any other NFL stuff we need to talk yeah. about today? Just one quick note. We, you know, we talked in the past about these rookie kickers, like for San Francisco and New Orleans having a tough time in, in big game. Um, a shout out to Dallas oh, no, rookie no, kicker, no, no. Aubrey. I, I forget his first name. His last yeah. name is Aubrey. He set the rookie record. He's he started his career with 19 straight field goals. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. that's something. That's great. Cowboys somehow always land on their feet with these kickers. They they <laughs> cut one and they get another Let's... one. You know, Jake Bailey and whoever they've they've had in the last few years. They seem to always have a pretty good kick, except for those extra points there in that Tampa Bay yes. game, but yeah. it didn't cost Let, them anything. Yeah, let's uh, bring in, we're going to bring on Bob in in uh, Michigan first. Jane, you're going to be on deck, and uh, Jennifer, just so you know, you're unmuted, so you, you just so you know that. Bob, go ahead. Am I, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Yep. We, uh, I just want to make, is it correct to say that my Detroit Lions are the second seed right now, then? Would that be correct? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep, they would be. And, uh, you know, they're going to uh, – no, they're they're in good shape. I mean, uh, they're doing what they need to do. And uh, the NFC uh, is a little bit easier to get in, uh, you know, than the AFC as usual. I mean, that tends to be the way it is year in, year out. But, uh, yeah, the Lions would be hosting a playoff game and uh, maybe get their first win since, whatever, 1991 or whatever it was. And they should real, get a win this week. Yeah, real quick, Bob, did you listen to the wrestling meet the other night? No. It wasn't competitive. I can. I'll just tell you that much. It, it was. It was not competitive. But <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks. Okay. Bob. Let's Thank um, let's bring on Jane and then Jerry. You're on deck. Jane, go ahead. You're already unmuted. Well, that's the first time I've ever waited. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I wish I could watch football games with you. I, where do you guys, how do you learn all the stuff you know? I listen as carefully as I can, and I'm going, how do they do this? Anyway, you, know what it, you know what it is, Jane, in all honesty? It's just probably years and years and years of, of yeah. listening and watching. I mean, I can tell you, just in my case, I can't speak for anybody else, but just in my case, when I was a very small child, my dad and I would listen to football games because my, yeah. dad, my dad knew since I couldn't see. He understood, okay, mm-hmm. we need to, we need to, in, in, you know, and make sure radio is in it. So what he would do, he would turn down the picture on the TV where he could see it, but yet leave the radio where I could hear it. That way we could both enjoy the games together. And then, yeah, of course, and then from there, you know, you mm-hmm. just, you become big time sport, sports fans. And even after I moved to Iowa, because of those old days, of listening to the Ole Miss Rebels on the radio on Saturday night, I still listen to the Ole Miss Rebels today because of that. You know, you you just are drawn to a team because you listen to that team growing up. And um, I can listen to them. And then, of course, Northern Iowa is my team now. I can listen to them because 
they're not anywhere near in the same division, so I'm okay. One, one of the thing that I do is I listen to NFL uh, Drive on Sirius XM, and yep. for the first part of the game, whether it's like six, seven, eight games, whatever there is on a given Sunday, and mm-hmm. I listen to that, and they switch back and forth, and they have all the different announcers. Well, in the meantime, well, I'm, I'm listening like to the Patriots game because that's my team. Got that on the other radio, and then I'll ask uh, if I haven't heard about a game for a while. I'll ask Alexa for the score. So I'm kind of listening, but they have a good way of getting in and out of those broadcasts and, you know, and people do that on TV with the red zone and, you know, you really get a feel for the different games, you know, in in my case, you know, I've been running a fantasy. I was just going to say, in my case, I've been running a fantasy football league for like 40 years. And when you have to look at every player's stats every week, you get, you get to learn just about every player. But the funny thing is like, like Perry was saying about his father, you know, I my father was not a sports fan, and I became a sports fan as a young kid. But I had four brothers, and two of them are big sports fans. The other two want nothing to do with sports. <laughs> yeah. And part yeah. of and my dad. Ahead. Hold on, Sean. Go Jennifer, and then and then try Jennifer. Go ahead, and then Sean. Thank you. Yep. Part of it, Jane, is that as a as a woman, if you can watch it or listen to it with somebody with a man who understands the game and doesn't mind explaining things to you, it makes it a lot easier it, to yes, learn it what it what what they're talking about. Because I know for me, when I watch football, I really have to concentrate. Mm-hmm. It's not something yeah. I can just do in the background and do something else. I have to really be listening to it to count the downs and do all that stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, because well, there and- there are times I will listen to something and I, third and seven. Is it really third down? <laughs> you, know, you have to. You do. You yeah, your mind wanders for a minute. Robert, yeah. and Robert, in, go ahead. In, and then Sean. In my case, uh, you know, to to follow up on Jennifer's point, whenever I've been in any kind of relationships with any women and I'm I'm watching or listening to sports, I will uh, go through everything that's going on so they understand what's happening because my dad taught me how to do that uh, same sort of way that Perry did. Uh, yep. He'd watch it on the TV and I'd listen to it on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd go, you know, but, uh, uh, so I'm used to explaining things to people that don't understand. And, Sean, and, Sean, go ahead. Go ahead, well, and my dad, my dad was a football coach, so I've been around it, and he would explain the game to me as a kid. And luckily, I've dated people that were football fans. I had married a football fan, so I was. But yeah, my dad would sit there and talk about the game while he was watching it. So that's how I've. You know, football, basketball, especially, and even baseball as a kid, sports in general, because he coached while he was watching the game. He'd sit there and coach the team. Yeah, sure. He was yeah, watching absolutely. on TV. So, yeah. I think we all coach a little bit. Yeah. Sean, are there, are there any non-football fans in Texas, though? Uh, not many. Not many. No. There, no. We, we, you have to become a football fan or you, lose, or you get deported to Oklahoma. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're pretty much done with the NFL. We got a lot of baseball to do oh, here. A boy. lot happens. And we have some. Up and we have some major news in baseball too. So stay with. We you. do. We oh, do. Jerry, hold on. Hold on. Before we do that, Chris. Oh, Jerry, Jerry. Jerry, let's bring him on. Go ahead, Jerry. Okay. Well, I I did a similar like with the Eagles growing up. Uh, I'd have Bill Campbell on the radio, and my dad would turn the sound down, but uh, so I could hear it. And uh, it kept in sync, but I want to tell everybody and let you guys cover it. I was late because I just came back from voting a while ago. Oh, good. Uh, White Avario won the Breeders' Cup. Um, okay. And that Japanese horse, Derma Sotagaki or whatever, finished in second. And a horse named uh, Foxy was the show wow. horse. Okay. Good All job, right, Jerry. Jerry. We'll do the, our horse racing uh, due diligence before the Derby. That's what we yes. have to do. <laughs> there you go. Good job. All right. Yeah. Let's see if we can. Let's see if we can end this baseball season and get into the off season with flying colors here. Texas beat Arizona eleven to seven and five to one to win the last two games of the World Series. They won it four games to one, and that's their first ever. Remember, this is our theme so far this year. Denver and uh, Las Vegas and hockey. Denver and basketball. Las Vegas and hockey have uh, won the you know in their first uh, ever championship of any kind, and that doesn't count teams like you know Buffalo has won in the AFL, for example. Cleveland Browns many NFL champions. So even if they win the Super Bowl, a team like that doesn't count. We're talking about first ever in any capacity. You know, so in 63 years for Texas, 52 in Texas and, uh, you know, uh, 11 in Washington. Corey Seager, the World Series MVP, uh, was for the Dodgers in 2020. And then uh, he and uh, Koufax, 
uh, were two for the, you know, the Dodgers in 63 and 65 won it twice, and Reggie Jackson in 73 for the A's and 77 for the Yankees, and then uh, Bob Gibson in 64 and 67 for the, for, the, for the Cardinals. It's something that isn't done very often. Nathan Ivaldi is was five and zero in the postseason, and all time he's nine and three. And Texas was eleven and zero on the road. And when Texas or Arizona scored first, they won all their games. They, no one ever came from behind on them to win. Uh, and then this was despite the fact that Adolis Garcia and Max Scherzer were uh, off the roster. They had to be taken out for those injuries we told you about last week. And, uh, you know, so there's a big parade in Dow in uh, um, Arlington, I guess, not in Dallas. So, uh, you know. Uh, let's see. And very, um, very emotional for Eric Nadell. Good for and good yeah, for him. Yes, 45, 45 years of doing, yeah. you know, good for him. Yep, absolutely. And, 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 you know, it would have been good, too, for Greg Schulte. But the difference there is Greg Schulte already had one. He did, but it was his last uh, game. So that would have been uh, good in that regard But because he's now leaving uh, the Especially air. what Eric went through. What Eric Nadell oh, yeah. went through this year with the missing, and that was really emotional for him, I think. So, yep. Yeah. And Greg Schulte was battling illness, too. So it, they yeah. both would have deserved it in one way or the other. But it is good that Eric got, got one. Uh, the least watched World Series uh, averaged 9.11 uh, viewers per game uh, and lower than 2020. But and, uh, here's, the, here's the but with that, Chris. That you're, and, you, and that stat is correct. But mm-hmm. on every single night of the World Series, it was the most watched show on TV. There you go. Yes. Yep. So I and mean, Sean was I, making that point little, earlier, yeah. Yeah, and people get a little, you know, iffy with the rate, you know, touchy with these ratings, and it's clearly it's the ratings are down. But baseball is, unless you have one of the national teams in it, it's a regional sport, and that's that's just the way it is. That's right. Yeah, it's more matchup dependent than it than, is. than uh, in, in, that. And, uh, maybe hockey are the most matchup dependent. I think the NBA Finals. They'll they'll know who somebody is and they'll they'll watch it for that player being in it and then you know for the NFL it doesn't matter you could put uh, Jacksonville and uh, Detroit in the Super Bowl who've never been there that'll be fine it won't won't matter at all because people will know enough about the teams and they'll watch it and that'll be good so the awards for the Rookie of the Year the Cy Young the Managers of the Year and the MVPs and all that will all be the 13th through the 17th next week so we'll have some awards to talk about uh, uh, starting next week. Uh, the Dodgers signed Max Muncy uh, for a two years for $24 million, so he's staying where he is to, through 2025, uh, and, uh, and the $10 club option for 2026. Nelson Cruz retired at 43 years old, DH and outfielder, after 19 years in baseball, played for eight teams. The longest, the, the most known would be Texas and Seattle, seven-time All-Star and ALC MVP in 2011 with, with Texas, so long career for him. Uh, let's see. We got what else we got? Clayton Kershaw. He had left shoulder surgery. He will be back sometime next year. They don't know when yet. He said he uh, hopes to be back sometime next year. Yeah, yeah. Mark Canna was traded uh, from Milwaukee to Detroit, and I guess who can pick up his eleven million dollar uh, option? And they did. We will. They okay. did. And Milwaukee got a minor league uh, pitcher for for him, so that's that's fine, I guess. Miami fired uh, the t- uh, hired the Tampa Bay GM uh, Peter Bendix, and and he, that, he moves up and will become the head of baseball operations. See, that's the thing: the guys who are the head of the the whole thing is are usually called they're not the GMs anymore; they're the head of baseball operations. So he gets a promotion by going across the state. Uh, okay, then we get to the ma- manager Monday yesterday. This yeah. is let's, uh, let's you know, hit the, the let's hit the smaller ones first. Okay. Well, in Cleveland, they, they named, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vote. What's his Stephen first name? Vogt. Stephen Vogt. Stephen Vogt will be the manager in Cleveland. No controversy then, uh, there. No. And then the Mets hired, uh, there is controversy with them yes. because they hired the Yankees bench coach, Carlos Mendoza. Now, the question is, and I don't know the answer, he was a bench coach. So that implies that he's had some minor league managing experience. You know, can't say he's totally not managed at all. Yeah, you know? he did. He did manage in the Yankees minor league. So he'd been in the Yankees system for about 15 years. But the last four years, he was Aaron Boone's bench coach. Right. So I think I think the Mets, Chris, the, the, what I was reading is Mets fans are thinking, I guess, for lack of a better word, we should have had bigger. We wanted right. a bigger name than that. And um, apparently they wanted who we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah. And he wanted to stay in the Midwest. 
That's right. Yeah. Well, why don't you just, it's probably easier, Perry, than skipping around for, because we've got this bullet, bullet in A, then bullet in B, then bullet in C. Why don't you just go and tell the story from Monday morning afternoon when it started and just uh, line us up. You know what? It's really, it started when Mendoza was hired by the Mets. That ha- that happened about 1230 in the central time zone, which we were doing the Monday lunch butt show. And um, that happened, and I'm like, okay, that made sense. And then Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic came out and said, Craig Council didn't take the Mets job. He is going to manage in 2024 with a team that already had a manager. So Rosenthal must have known something was coming. And then we get word that he is going to be the manager for the Cubs. I'm like, well, okay, why did this happen? And apparently the Cubs did fire David Ross and within about five minutes hired Craig Council. Now, it's possible that the Cubs are going to get fined for this and possibly lose, you know, some lower draft pick or something because technically baseball has a rule that when you have a manager that you're not to be in contact with other managers. So, you know, and oddly enough, this is not the first time for Jed Hoyer doing this because when Rick Renteria was managing the Cubs, they let him go to bring in Joe Madden. Now, I guess this will turn out okay if we end up getting the same results that we had with Joe Madden. <laughs> but um, the Brewer players are shocked. But the, the point that counsel, um, there was apparently an offer for him from the Brewers that would have made him the highest paid manager in history and in baseball, which he is now because he got a five-year, $40 million deal from the Cubs. What I, I think the problem that the Brewer fans would have is, boy, he went from us to the, those fans, you know, that come One up of the here. Arch and rivals. Inv- yeah. They come up yeah. and invade our building and all this other stuff. Yeah. But the problem you're gonna that that you have here too is now you have to get all the coaches. He's got to, um, you know, get in with all the Cub players, and they've had the Cubs and the Brewers have had some bad blood in the past two or three years when they were mm-hmm. throwing at Wilson Contreras, if you remember those things. But um, yep. some other Cubs news too, though, they did pick up their options for pitcher Kyle Hendricks and catcher Jan Gomes. And the reason they did that is those th- those are their clubhouse leaders. So uh-huh. uh, they, they, they said they were going to, whoever the manager was, that was non-negotiable. Those guys were coming back. And as a Cubs fan, you don't necessarily think that the firing of David Ross was justified, do you? I don't, because David Ross had done a pretty good job with that team. I mean, he had brought up a lot of young players this past year and had done well. So I, uh, and I mean, obviously as a Cubs fan, it won't surprise you that we love David Ross. He was an integral part of our 2016 World Series team. And from what I am reading today, Jed Hoyer has pretty much burned those bridges. Well, yeah, and he was part of the 2013 uh, team when Jed Hoyer was here. Yeah, that's right. Know? So, yeah. So, anyway, we had some qualifying offers, and this is a thing where you offer a player $20 million. They could still be a free agent, but if you don't get them, uh, you would have to pay them $20 million or if they come back. But uh, Shohei Otani, Cody uh, Bellinger, and uh, and Tony uh, and, and Sonny Gray for uh, so uh, Bellinger Chat- from the Cubs. Matt Chapman's also on Matt that Chapman's list. on that list. Okay. And so anybody who, if they sign them, uh, if they don't sign them, they come back at 20 million or you get a sandwich draft pick at, between the first and second round if, if you lose them. So that's why, you know. And the, the, de- the deadline for that, Chris, back. is next Tuesday at 4 p.m. right when we go on the air. For the yeah, okay. By the way, right. just just coming across from ESPN, this the time average time of game in the World Series this year was three hours and one minute. Uh, mm-hmm. For a nine-inning game, that is the fastest time since the 1996 World Series. Oh, cool! All right, see there. And this, we had a little. And I'll just just uh, summarize it in in a sentence or two. We had a discussion on our phone group about baseball. I think baseball, and I, I don't know what you think, Perry and Robert. I think baseball's done about all it can to to make itself. You know, it, it's still got to be baseball. There's still going to be is. strategy. There's still going to be things. I think they've done a lot. You know, people can argue about the ghost runner, but, you know, it does move things along during the regular season. You don't have it in the playoffs. People can argue, you know, people like the pitch clock, you know, cutting that World Series time down to the lowest in 27 years. That's, you know, that's not, that ain't, hey, that's pretty good. Right. That is good. Yeah, Bill, no, I, hold, I, on, I, hold on, hold on, Robert. Bill, come on in. 
I just Sorry, make sir. a point real quick about Joey Votto not yes. being, they did his buyout and gave him $7 million instead of paying him the $20 million they could have had to pay him. And he's 40 years old and he doesn't want to retire. No, and I no. guess he had a statement, uh, Bill, that I saw last night and he basically said, no hard feelings with the Reds and he'll always be a Red. Uh, so he handled it with class. That's good. He handled it with class because he knows there's a possibility he could be back. Right, and he had sure. seven million reason dollars too. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah. I think yeah. they'll bring him back in some way because he wants to retire a red. And the, and the Reds fans, from what I mean, from what Thrall and and Brantley say on the radio, and of course that's how I follow the Reds when I do. The fans love Joey Votto. It's not that they don't. Right, but time. Mm-hmm. Yep, time is what it is. Okay, speaking of time, we probably need to move on to college football. Let Sean and Perry do their college football around the country we, seven or eight minute thing. Yeah, we did mention last week that there was a game at Wrigley Field, and frankly, that's I was doing all sorts of things. I was doing some computer stuff on Saturday, and uh, some uh, dishes, and you know all the other things that we have to do on a daily basis. But oh my goodness, Iowa Northwestern. That's about three and a half hours that I can't have back. It was. Nothing to nothing. Yeah. Then it went seven to seven. It was seven to seven until Iowa kicked a game-winning field goal with under a minute to go. And it's like, oof. It's like that's the old time football, the way it used to be. You know, the old smash mouth football. But uh, all I can say, and Iowa's in the competition to get to the to the championship game out of the West. If they do, that will not be pretty at all. <laughs> Yeah, well, Indiana maybe helped them a little bit, beating Wisconsin. Yep. So they helped them there. Where Indiana? Where did they come from last week? Bill, uh, how are the Hoosiers doing this year? Uh, it was the first game they've won. Oh, <laughs> I think they're like two and six. I asked after they won that game. Oh. I asked Miss A, and she said two and six. So wow, yeah, but going to get it. But we had the big, yeah. yeah, we had the big stuff in the Big Twelve. Though you had. Texas in an overtime against Kansas State with the backup quarterback Malik Murphy. Oklahoma State winning the final bet of them for a while. Kansas, Iowa State. I mean, those three games were pretty good. Georgia handled Missouri pretty good, uh, pretty well. Alabama, Alabama, LSU was a good game until Alabama finally jumped out at the end. And then, you know, you had Washington, USC, Washington, or was it Washington? Yeah, Washington, USC. I just bet it was that game. I'm getting mixed up on all my games here, but that one was. Texas, pretty decent. Texas A&M and, Ole Miss. Don't forget that one. Oh yeah, that was a that was a good one, and they're already calling for Jimbo to be out. Oh, Ole Miss. That speaking of this week, Ole Miss has a game against Georgia, so that's I don't one of the, think, probably one I don't of the think mar- they will beat Georgia. Games. Yeah, I don't think they'll beat Georgia, mm. but you know what? That's a that's a nice win for Ole Miss. The, the problem Ole Miss has is they can score a lot of points, but they give up a lot of points and. Um, one of the reasons that Ole Miss won that game was, and on one of the drives toward the end, one of the Texas A&M players, whether intentional or unintentional, hit somebody in the sweet spot and was ejected yeah. for it. So, and he did apologize yesterday. So, um, yeah. but and that's a that's a big win for the Rebel. So, what are some of the other yeah, games not- we got coming up? Uh, the Ole Miss Georgia, yeah. We got Utah and Washington. Well, yeah, Utah, Washington, Oregon, USC, USC. USC's on on the way down, but you got that. You got those games. You got like the Missouri, Tennessee, Alabama as Kentucky, which that could be interesting. But yeah. oh, Florida State, Florida State, Miami. Actually, I mean Miami's not great, yeah, but they're not so bad cool. this year. But yeah. the big tw- the Big Twelve has your top teams playing some low teams like Iowa State has BYU. So I mean they should handle Oklahoma State. I think has I forget who they have. Tech. Texas has TCU, so they should handle that. But yep. there's not a lot of big – I mean, you have a few, oh, Michigan-Penn State is the game of the day, and Mich- oh, Michigan State-Ohio okay. State. But, and no telling on Michigan if they have the signs or not, which, by the way, uh, the Big Ten sent Michigan a letter of disciplinary action saying that they will be taking disciplinary action, according to ESPN. Uh, probably not against the players. They don't want to punish the players, but they're talking about suspending Harbaugh possibly – two games or for the rest of the season, but they can't suspend him if they make the college football playoff, which Michigan right now 
is the number three team, but the rankings come out at 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. We'll see yep. where that and, goes. But Michigan finally gets tested. And here's the thing with Michigan. Um, they did fire Connor Stallions, who was the guy doing the sign stealing. But you know he was. You know that Harbaugh and the program that you know they were involved. Let's be honest. Oh, they, about knew. It. Um, they knew. However, um, tonight the ratings do come out, so we'll see. Probably not a lot of shakeup, but after this week, there yeah. there may be, especially with that Michigan game. If if Penn State could pull that off, that would be probably oh, yeah. Penn State's biggest win in yeah. a long time. And if Utah could pull off that was Washington and Oregon holds off yep. USC, that could check and Miami upstate. I mean, Miami over Florida State. Those are some key games. I don't think Ole Miss is going to beat Georgia, but no, you know, I think we may and, have we may have enough little fun stuff about. Yeah, Bob we Knight, do, maybe. and we do yeah, have we, we do. do we do have about five minutes just and just so people know, college basketball started last night. A lot of your bigger teams play in the smaller teams, and that'll continue tonight. There's a few decent games, but Bob Knight, yes, um, it was interesting uh, after he passed away last Wednesday. They were, you know, with Iowa being in the Big Ten for years, and they were in the NCAA and in the same regional one year, and uh, the John Walters was an intern who now does Iowa State, but he was an intern at one of the local stations, and him and, at the time, him and the sports director went in to interview Bob Knight, and they did. And, uh, the, you know, Knight was pretty tough on this sports director, uh, John Walters. At the end, he says to John Walters, he said, why don't you train these guys to work better than that? And John says, sir, I'm an intern. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the best best way to sum him, sum him up, maybe in three, he was a jerk, but he was loyal to his players. He knew basketball. He was the old school coach, probably in a time when you couldn't do that anymore. And but those who those who loved him, I mean, they spoke well of him. My dad heard him speak, but maybe we ought to get the Sparks thoughts on Bobby now. Unless I don't know, is that suitable for air? <laughs> it's probably suitable for air, but um, he was very very good in his early years. His later years, I think he kind of slipped back a little bit. Um, was a little complacent, lost a lot of big games. Yep, but yep. in his early years, he was as good, if not the best coach in college basketball. Would you agree, Bill, that uh, Bob Knight says his biggest mistake in coaching was that he didn't recruit Larry Bird? He said, Larry, we, we recruited him. He said, Larry Bird was a little bit soft, I guess, as you would say at that point in time. Knight says, I wish we'd have taken him. Would you agree that might be one of his biggest mistakes? It was his biggest mistake. That's <laughs> yeah. what he says. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but he was 902 and 371. He, when he, when he uh, retired, he was the top coach uh, as and wins. Now he's number six. And, of course, he played on Ohio State from 59 through 62, won the NCAA in 60, played with John Havlicek and, uh, uh, and uh, Lucas, Jerry Lucas, you know, and then he coached at Army and then came to Indiana in 72 and coached there till 2000. And then there were a couple of different, uh, you know, we read an article with so many controversies. About every two years, he'd get into some kind of a situation. Including and then he went throwing on. the chair at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. That's right. Yes. He did that. That's and why, then, that's uh, why, Chris, at Carver-Hawkeye Arena, the chairs are now bolted to the floor. <laughs> okay. That's why. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he went to Texas Tech. And then he went to ESPN and became an analyst, a game analyst and a studio good analyst, analyst. You know, good analyst. You know, so but one of the things that was interesting was that he didn't get along. He didn't like John Wooden. Everybody liked John Wooden, but he didn't. You know, that was something oh. that was in an article we read. So just uh, you know, the 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 guy, the Godfather of Mall, John Wooden, and everybody else thought John Wooden was a wonderful man, and he just uh, he just didn't like him. I guess. He, he liked Pete Newell, and Pete Newell was always losing to John Wooden, and they were both the old-school coaches, but for some reason. But I think probably he started to not get the kind of recruits that other people were getting after a while. When you, right. as time went on and moved from generation to generation, maybe the first 15 years of his time, he could get anybody he wanted. And I imagine it started to slide because the reputation and the communication, I mean, it's not as instantaneous as it is today, but the, the, you really want to play for that guy? He's right. a jerk. You know, yeah. it gets around. But so speaking, I think to lose speaking of which time, we are out of it. So we will be okay. back next week. And uh, stay tuned for Book Talk coming up after the spots. So we will be back in four minutes.